God is good, and everything that He has created is good. Everything that we have that is good in our life is a perfect gift from Him. The sky, the world, our family, our health, our vision, the way that our bodies are made, laughter. Oh, God is all good. There's nothing in Him that is evil. When you think of something that's wicked, that is not God. Nothing evil is from God. God abhors, He hates evil. He doesn't hate you. He doesn't hate anyone. He loves everyone. But the truth is that when when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to show you good and evil. And that's why Jesus said, I'm sending you my helper, the Holy Spirit. And He came and filled the disciples and the 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 people that knew Jesus after Jesus ascended into heaven. I don't know if it was exactly 40, 50 days after, but Pentecost this year is going to be on, um, I believe, April 31st or May 31st. I got to look it up. Jesus wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit because if we're not filled with the Holy Spirit we are going to continue to fail we're all going to sin we can't not sin because we're human and that, and God knows that and that's his love is that he's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit so that we, we can be filled we are to be filled and walk in a way worthy that is reflecting the image of Jesus Christ in each of us from one heart to another, from one spirit to another. And that is the Great Commission. And that is what we are all to be doing. We are all to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whatever, it doesn't matter what you do, um, we are all in the ministry. And if you're not currently ministering Jesus, you got to ask yourself, Am I filled with the Holy Spirit? Because when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus just comes out. You just can't help it. That's that's the whole joy of being a Christian is is loving Jesus and, and loving others and wanting your neighbors to know Jesus because he loves them. You can't help it. This is love. And sometimes... Having lived in San Diego 10 years, there are some churches that operate without the Holy Spirit. And I've got to tell you, without the Holy Spirit, the church is dead. I'm not naming a specific church that's a building. I'm talking about the people, the bride of Christ. Without the Holy Spirit living in your life, you're dead, spiritually dead you may not realize it because when you're sleeping as i talked about in the last episode you may not realize it what happens with sin is that there's a difference between sinning and being convicted because the holy spirit brings conviction but when you choose to rebel 
and go against the Holy Spirit. That's called grieving the Holy Spirit. And you no longer become a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit to reside inside you. Because we are mind, body, and spirit. We are, we cannot disconnect the physical from the spiritual because it's all, we are one, one person, one being. We're a human being. And so when we do things with our body that, that are sin, that's going to, affect our spirituality and we are going to die spiritually and Jesus didn't come to save the Jews from Rome Rome was spiritually wicked and evil and Jesus came to save the world from spiritual death and America first world countries have become Rome we are Rome We are the capital because we are glory. We glory in our shame. We have so many things that are so against God and we laugh at that. I was watching an abortion video and the abortion doctor was holding an eight-week heart in her hand and laughing at at the specimen as she declared it to be so. We, as a people, grieve the Holy Spirit and our hearts are hardened. And God is coming back because He loves His children so much He cannot let us continue in this way. And it's it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. But there's good news and I'm so excited because... God has called me to prophesy in these last days. I'm completely sober right now. I I know last September God started tugging on my heart as as he was in the same um before I I started going down a path of sin about 10 years ago. Um God was revealing was beginning to reveal some things to me about these last days and then whenever and then on and off throughout the last decade and I'm finally being delivered and set free to share that it's a it's a message of love it's a message of hope it's a message of deliverance and it's a message of the good news what we're banking on as Christians is Jesus return and this very time if you're alive and listening to this, this is the time you were born to live in. This is very, very exciting. Oh my goodness. So yesterday I was sitting and meditating and praying and the Holy Spirit was telling me that He is one. He is Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And the, and the Spirit is God's Spirit. And He works in mysterious ways like he sometimes audibly speaks to people but it's his spirit connecting with your spirit and it's just it's a knowing and in that moment the Holy Spirit was telling me that that the way that he's and this is what he's been telling me for months is that he's gonna show himself to others through me one person at a time and that's from one heart to another And Justin, my roommate, came out at that very moment and said, 
Audrey, I want you to listen to this. And he played a Christian speaker and he said, the Christian speaker came on his phone and said, this, the Holy Spirit is one. God, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or the God is one, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And people are to communicate God's love from one heart to another. The very words the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, at instantaneously, my roommate brought out the his phone to show me that. And I said, wow, I was just meditating on that. And he said, I'm not surprised because he felt led to go out there and, and share that with me. And the speaker continued to say that it's not about the building. It's not about church is not shut down. We are the church. We are the church. We are the embodiment of God's love because we are called to be a light and we cannot be a light if we are, our lens is clean, if our vision is, is dirty, right? We're not going to see, we're not going to be able to... It is time to blow up the darkness. I have watched three great movies in the last week. Apocalypto, I Am Legend, and Batman Begins. Let's start with Apocalypto. <clears throat> Apocalypto by Mel Gibson, 2006. The dad at the beginning of the movie tells his son, fear is an infection. Do not be afraid. Because if you, once you start to live in fear, the way you think and everything you do will change and will be, it'll, it'll be the wrong thinking. And he said to his son, fear has the ability to bring down entire societies, ways of life and people and cultures and civilizations through fear. Ooh, I also watched The Hunger Games and I want to break, I could do a whole episode on The Hunger Games and how prophetic that is. But President Snow, they said, ruled through fear and lies. The devil is rules through fear in our lives and creates spiritual death why do we do most of the sin that we do think about any sin that's in your life it's probably related to fear and a lie that has been put into your head that's not true fear of who you serve fear of what people will think of you fear of, of loss of fear of embarrassment fear of Whatever it is that you fear, well, no, 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 no. Fear God. Fear only God. And then you will have perfect peace because he is perfect love and perfect love casts out all fear. And when you fear God, it's not in the way that you're worried. It's in a way that you obey because he's your God. And you know there is no other righteous way. Because all other roads lead to death. And so, in Apocalypto, there was, oh my gosh, incredible movie, great acting, but that's not the point. The point is that the man, in order to save his family, has to eradicate fear. 
get it out because it's not it's gonna it's gonna kill him if he if he's not gonna be able to save his family if he has fear and there's a scene where they're worshiping the the ancient Mayans are worshiping Molech through the sacrifice of great warriors and what they do is they lay them on an altar and they cut off they cut out their heart while they're still alive and they hold the beating heart in their hand and then they cut off the head of the warrior and they shove them down the pyramid and then they put the heads on the stake and this is to suffice the god of Molech for the famine that they've been having and think back to where we are now today we sacrifice thousands and thousands and thousands of children and their lives babies unborn babies for the sake of which god money and convenience but it's really about money and that's the same god that in the bohemian grove today in central northern california our politician our political leaders have been sacrificing to the idol god of Molech for over a hundred years you can spend hours researching this if you'd like as i have now the abortion doctors undercover this is illegal but this is what happens in, a, in an abortion in a second trimester abortion i believe they cut out the baby's heart they cut out the organs they're sold on the black market they cut off the heads and they call them specimens they're and they're laughing as they worship the god of Molech. now do you see the connection of what's happening it's so evil that the innocent lives of unborn babies are being sacrificed. This is Satan's greatest victory in our world. And I'm not saying that I don't love abortion doctors. I do. God loves them. They're his, they're his babies too. We can't come at them with the same. We can't be right, right far, far, far right, and we can't be far left. We have to be love. That's the answer. It's love and truth, because truth sets us free. Not hate, not fear. Love, love is the answer. And love and light bring life. So we have. Oh my gosh, you've got to watch Apocalypto. Moving on to I Am Legend. The girl Anna in I Am Legend tells him that God told her to go to him because God had a plan for redemption of the world. And. You know the story of the vaccine. There was a, uh, a virus that everyone got infected and they had to close off New York City and everybody was um, going crazy. 90% of the people died. 
9% got the <clears throat> changed into zombies and the 1% were immune. And they thought that this was going to save the world and it ended up creating the ultimate death and destruction. And then Will Smith had to not be afraid and to give his life. It was a beautiful story. And then we have the movie I watched tonight, Batman Begins. And I've really felt led to watch this movie the last week. And I believe the Holy Spirit was leading me to. I encourage you to watch this movie with subtitles because it's kind of hard to hear some of the things that they're saying. But Batman, Bruce Wayne, played by one of my favorite actors of all time, Christian Bale, is really afraid of bats. He fell in a bat cave when he was a little boy and his dad had to pick him up, picked him up out of the bat cave and said, why do you fall, Bruce, so we can pick ourselves up? And the dad was a great dad. And at the ballroom, when they're at the theater, and the, and the dad and mom are being held up for money because of desperate economic times, the dad and mom are shot and killed by a mugger. And the dad tells his son, instead of telling him, I love you, as his last words, he tells his son, do not be afraid. Now, why would he tell his son that? Do not be afraid. Why? Because it's the most loving thing a father can tell his son. Just the same as an apocalypto. Because fear is the opposite of love. And our temptation to fear is so strong. And to act out of fear. Almost so much of our sin is... Or our, not even just sin, but like our unwilling to serve is like from fear. <clears throat> and Bruce then grows up wanting revenge, right? This is a very low level of thinking, revenge. If you're on the revenge stage, let go of it. Revengeance is mine, says the Lord. The Holy Spirit convicts us with a double-edged a double-edged sword and when you have the Holy Spirit you have all authority to speak truth and you don't need vengeance so he's gonna kill the guy that killed his parents and luck and fortunately he doesn't someone else sadly did that and his girlfriend slaps him and says your father would be ashamed of you which is a horrible thing to say not necessarily the truth but the father would have been disappointed in him that's for sure so he goes on a seven-year journey to find himself and to figure out what it's really like to, to be like a criminal, to why people do the things they do. He wanted to experience the raw, rawness of life because everything he'd had had been given to him because he was so rich. He's a billionaire. He has everything. And so he goes and finds the sh League of the Shadows. Now, the Q Anonymous today that a lot of right-winged people are talking about um, are saying that we've been in a shadow war with the far left for a hundred years. And I do believe that there have been some 
a lot of things we don't know about conspiracy-wise between the parties. But I do not believe that the Q Anonymous is our savior, nor are they right. Because they're saying that the left is um, is the enemy. And that's not true. Because we know that people are not the enemy. Satan is the enemy. And people that are following him are acting as children of the dark. I love what Will Smith said in I Am Legend. He said, I'm here to blow up the dark with light. And that's like, that's so cool. That's what we are to do as Christians. We're to blow up the light. We're to blow up the darkness with light. And we have to be the light in order to do that. And so back to Batman Begins. He's talking, I love Liam Neeson. And he's, and he's learning so much from Liam Neeson. He's telling him to face his fears. But Liam Neeson is wrong. Because he thinks he has the authority to judge the world because he believes he doesn't he believes once you've done something wrong, that's it. There's no compassion with Liam with the, the League of Shadows. They have no compassion. They are if you've killed, you deserve to be killed. If you've um <clears throat> the, that's it. This isn't this is we are the judge. They've put themselves on the judgment seat. And Bruce Wayne says, No, that's not right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna execute this guy. That's not my job. And so he he gets out and he becomes Batman and it's super cool that he goes out to fight injustice and And put to right the most wicked city because you see the guy that plays Liam Neeson has devised this plan to destroy Gotham because it's so wicked and so corrupt and it is the most corrupt city in the entire world it is known to be the most corrupt city. So he just says, I'm going to wipe the entire city out because no one deserves to live at this point. And he's tried destroying it for um, many years before with economic failure. And then the Waynes came and started saving everyone with giving giving away all their money. So now he has the new plan with the... water with the the poison into the water system and then bringing the the air emulsifier that's going to turn the um the the poison on in everyone's lungs and everyone's going to panic and be afraid and they release all the prisoners and everyone starts killing each other in a panic and he tells Bruce Wayne that you've got to in order to manipulate other people's fears you have to control your own so Bruce Wayne has done that he's faced his fears he's embraced them by letting the bats fly over them and he even uses the bats that he was once so afraid of to now they're aiding him because now he has power over fear but he's not there to judge Gotham he's there to save Gotham because he's 
still has compassion and justice. He's not the judge, but he is. It's such a cool movie. And it's so interesting that Liam Neeson says that they're the League of Shadows and they've been fighting the injustice for all these thousands of years with Constantinople and he brings up Rome and I've been thinking about Rome so much. I actually went to Rome for the first time last year and I walked the streets, the old streets, and I heard a lot of personal tours about the Caesars and studied, I spent the week studying Rome and the Caesars in ancient Rome. Not modern Rome, ancient Rome. And it was the most despicable city claiming to be civilized, but it was the most despicable, evil, wicked empire that ruled the world with tyranny and slaves and political corruption that you can possibly imagine. And it was brought to its knees. In this movie, they were saying, Liam Neeson was saying the League of Shadow brought it, League of Shadows brought Rome to its knees. And then we have today people claiming that um, there's a shadow war going on and we have been kept unaware because we've been kept with our distractions of entertainment, which is what they did in Rome with the Colosseum and the politicians paying for it and everybody's getting drunk and blah, 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 and terrible sex shows and everything going on. In Rome, it's the exact same thing we do today with a lot of our entertainment and <clears throat> like what happened at the Super Bowl this year was not of God. So we have Batman Begins. He began his journey and he came back and he saved the city and this was just the beginning of an ongoing struggle because there's always going to be there's always going to be evil and the truth is that in this world there is always going to be evil until Jesus returns. And when Jesus returns, he is coming on a white horse and he is the judge. And that's why we are not the judge. I've talked in a lot of my podcasts that we're not the judge. Thank God we're not the judge. It's a messy job. We don't want that job. We're not to go around as Christians judging anyone, thinking badly of anyone for anything that they've done. All we have to do is point them toward the truth, point them toward God's love. Because we want everyone to come to know God's love. That's our job, is to show love and truth. And that's what Batman did in his movie, in this movie. And I love the line that Rachel Dawes says to him, played by Katie Holmes. She says, you know what, Bruce? It's not who you are that defines you. It's what you do. And that line really, just think about it for a second. It's not who you are that defines you. It's what you do. 
well for for humans certainly it doesn't it's the same thing we think it's who we are it's our family that defines us it's our it's our past generations it's our culture that defines us it's my skin color that defines me it's where i live that defines me um you know we have people living in south in the very south pole that might get along so well with somebody living in africa right we don't it's 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 not it's your core identity but it's more than that it's what you do and what i mean by what you do that defines you it's what you do with your time and by that i mean it's who you worship it's what you worship because what you do with your life your actions that you do physically is is what you're choosing to whatever you're choosing to prioritize is what you're worshiping right so are you doing good things or are you doing bad are you doing things that glorify god and bring honor to your family to god to friends that bring people together or are you not are you wallowing in your pain pain does demand to be felt whenever i go through something painful i have to take time to feel it but i don't want to stay there because if i stay there i can't be a light and a lot of christians today stay in their pain and we're in therapy just to get out of our pain well give it to god surrender it to god he's going to free you he's going to free you so that you can continue doing his work and be a light because to remain in our pain is not why jesus died on the cross our emotional pain he died for all that it's done it's finished feel the pain and move on pull yourself up out of that pit that's why you fall so you can get up again you can grow you'll learn and let go and love and if you and if you're doing any everything in love then you don't have anything to fear god is with you and so what i'm saying is a lot of us don't realize that what defines us is what we worship and if we are worshiping something other than god then we need to wake up if we are worshiping sports or sex or movies things that are not good that do not glorify god as entertainment in our life if we are and i'm not saying seeing it is a sin i'm saying if we make this our priority through our daily life i don't know i'm not the one to say what is a sin on everything but if you're filled with the holy spirit the holy spirit will lead you on what is and what is it what is righteous and what is pure philippians says to think only about things that are righteous pure good peaceful things of beauty things of god that's what we're supposed to meditate on and to focus on and then when we see evil we'll know it and not in judgeful way 
but just in a in a way of this is this we are a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. So why would I let there be why would I want things not of God to to fill me? I don't. We don't want that. So if there's anything in your life, money, prestige, power, position, uh, if there's anything, your house even could be. When God talks about building your house on the rock, he's not talking about your physical house. He's talking about your, your spiritual temple. Our bodies are a temple for the Spirit of God to dwell in us. Right? So he's not saying... He's saying the temple has to be rebuilt before he returns. That's our spiritual dwelling place. So we have this time now as Satan is being cast down and even just hearing like some of this, the ter- like the, <clears throat> the things of this world that are passing away. These are all the prophecies. I've spent this last a lot of there's a lot of people that spend a lot more time reading the Bible than I. And I have spent some time reading the prophet, the prophets and, and the book of Daniel and Revelation this year. And Daniel chapter 12 talks about this abomination of desolation that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 24. And that this three and a half year period is going to happen before Jesus returns in between this time where the burnt offering is taken away and then Jesus returning and I believe that this burnt offering what is it that we we I I believe it's money and that the mark of the beast is going to be coming it could come in the form of technology it could come in the form of a um, a vaccine. We know that polio and rubella all came from two unborn fetuses in 1960, created by the uh, the WHO, I believe, the World Health Organization. This was a month ago that I started researching all these facts about where our vaccines come from and. And the um, Geneva Code of 70 years that's been the United Nations now and when in Israel becoming a nation, well, the, the people that God's talking about in the prophets, they're talking about Zion. They're talking about a holy people. They're, they're prophesying about you and, and me today not just this mountain there is a physical mountain of zion in jerusalem but it's all a metaphor of what it represents is today are we have this period of it's mercy that god is allowing us he's drawing us back to him as the things of this world are passing away concerts money economies are falling it's okay. There's a new paradise coming as as things like going out to bars and drinking. That just doesn't matter, right? It's just like, who cares? Um, Hollywood, 
thank thank you lord thank you for all the movie stars that you are going to save in jesus name um sports things fashion right like these are not innately evil but because we've idolized them we have to let it go we have to and god is it's a mercy that we we get to let it go and come back to how we were created to be and it's a lot simpler place in reality than than what we've made it to be and the pollution and the ill treatment of animals the way and the waste and the gluttony and a lot of things that we have to that we are letting go of right now is satan is being shut down and thrown out and in, we have to watch out because something that's going to be really evil is going to come and and it's so interesting that in this movie batman begins all these prisoners are being released and this last week 3500 prisoners were released in California and in Ohio. I was just reading an hour ago that a lot more sick with the coronavirus, was it 3,000 in one prison? And and um, I'm not saying that prisoners uh, aren't good people and that they um, what I'm saying is is there could be some violent things that happen as people are afraid and as people that are not filled with the Holy Spirit come into power. So, inmates. What's really... What I liked about that movie, Batman Begins, is the illustration of the prison of fear. Because he was in prison, but it wasn't a prison the actual prison walls that was keeping him in prison it was his own fear that was and we a lot of people live in the prison of fear we all do I have and that is what holds us back from God's love and being filled with the Holy Spirit more than anything else is operating through fear God is so good and he loves his bride so much that after that this mark of the beast comes which is the number of man 666 I've had I did a lot of research on Alexa and Alexa actually means man and how it's connected with Amazon and the credit card system and maybe there would be a chip in our head that we would put into our mind and um, Elon Musk has already created the chip for the healing of through stem cells that's going into people's minds or brains through and I'm going to be looking up something that just popped up today about quantum physics mind body spirit they're calling this um oh I'm gonna say I need to look up what it was called but get the ultimate healing is what it was saying through what is it called hold on here 
it's through. Oh, I have to be look it up. Uh, I just saw something pop up an hour ago. Anyway, there's only one healer, and that's Jesus. And anything that you see coming through in the next three and a half, four and a half years from now, three and a half years, four and a half, I, I, I believe Jesus is coming soon. I believe it's possible that he might be coming back on the day of the Feast of Booths, which is what, when in John chapter 5, I believe in the Bible, he stood up in front of hundreds, 100,000 people and proclaimed himself to be the Son of God at the Feast of Booths, which was a representation of a metaphor, a fulfillment of a prophecy from um, Leviticus chapter who was it 19 then um, all of the children the, the children of Israel in the wilderness was and coming to the promised land was all a metaphor of God's plan from the beginning of time to redeem his children because of sin in a fallen world when Adam and Eve sinned by disobeying God and the children of Israel and Moses leading them through was all a metaphor of what was to come and this time right now, this period of Satan going down and is the sifting period. As God sifted the children of Israel from the obedient and the disobedient in the wilderness, that is when he um, let decided who would come into the promised land. And that's what's happening right now. He's entering, he's having us come into the wilderness and flee just as it talks about in all of the prophets in the Old Testament talks about this wilderness and running to the mountain I believe is it Zechariah 19 when he talks about you have to go to the wilderness and worship on the Mount Jerusalem for the rain right we know in Revelation 21 that these living waters then this stream Jesus is going to be standing on the stream and we're going to be able to go walk into the promised land with him, which is the new earth. But we have to go, we have to get out of Egypt, right? We don't want to go back to Egypt. We don't want to go back to our death. We don't want to go back to our spiritual sin. We have to run from it. And this wilderness time is a time that we need to come and be dependent on God. Not our own might, not our own job, not our money, not our own power. The Lord says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So this time is not a time for us to be afraid, and it's not a time for us to try to do things in our own might. It's a time for us to trust the Lord, because He is our Savior, and He wants to be the personal Savior of each and every one of our lives. And so this is our time of trust and 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 light, and it's like, get ready for Armageddon but Armageddon even though there's going to be uh, there's going to be some violence the wars are already done that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24 and the last days when he said there will be wars and rumors of wars but still the end is not to come we'll see the end is now here we've had both of our world wars and the last war the third war is Armageddon but this is this is also a spiritual war. 
this is a spiritual battle and the battle belongs to the Lord because we know that Jesus didn't come to save us from a physical battle. He came to save us from a spiritual one. And all you have to do is open your spiritual eyes and you will see it. And if you want to open your spiritual eyes and awaken and see good and evil, what you have to do is pray a prayer. And you have to pray a prayer of repentance. And you have to say, Lord, I want to die to my flesh so I can be filled with you. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. And you, don't, and you have to say it with your spirit, right? You can say things with your mouth and it doesn't do anything, right? It's like, it's like saying, saying something to someone that you're just saying to get something from them, right? Or like, uh, for example, if I was at work and I, I told somebody, you know, give me this and I'll give you this. It's the deal. It's done. Blah, blah, blah. There's just, there's, there's got to be a promise, a seal, uh, some sort of covenant, right? Well, Jesus was the covenant that died and he was slain he was the lamb that was slain just like the lamb that was slain before the children of israel could go out into the wilderness and leave egypt in um passover which we just had last week or two weeks ago so jesus was the lamb that was slain and so that we have a covenant of now his holy spirit on our lives and if we break that covenant, he is faithful and just to redeem us, and he will save us from our, our unrighteousness. But we cannot grieve the Holy Spirit, right? We cannot choose to glory in our shame. Because that is not good, and God is good. So... I gotta say that you are all so loved and so precious and so beautiful and so worthy. And the message of hope is that you are worthy. You are. You were bought with a price. You're not your own. You're bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It was a very, very painful death physically so that you might live spiritually. That's the whole point of why we believe what we believe. It is because we we believe without seeing, and that's faith. And we know it because we experience it. And until you experience the Holy Spirit, you're not going to know it. You might laugh at it and mock and think those people raising their hands for Jesus and crying tears of joy, that's just nonsense. Like, Get on with the show. We gotta go about our busy lives. Well, no, that's absolutely not true. The whole point of living, God created us to be in relationship with Him. So everything has to flow from relationship with Him to be walking in the rhythms of His grace. So this time, so, oh, so I don't know what 
the mark of the beast is exactly going to be yet. There's so many evil things out there that are knocking at the door, sin knocking at the door, as in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, but so is Jesus, as in Revelations. He's knocking at the door. And anyone that asks and seeks, he's going to answer. So if you're not hungry for God and you're listening to this and you've been thinking, it's interesting, but maybe another time. If you're not hungry for God, pray a prayer that you will be. Pray a prayer, God, make me hungry for you. And it's going to start small, but it'll begin to grow. The seed will begin to grow into a great mustard tree of faith. Jesus loves you. He's with you. And there's a lot going on in our world, but do not fear, for he has overcome the world. In Jesus' name, amen.